Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. 13 days. And already 34 million Americans have voted nationwide so far. We've got the count for Utah. 136,000 have cast their ballots. Dave's already ready to declare victory, though. The Commission on Presidential Debates announced new rules to make sure there are fewer interruptions. The question is, radical left, will you shut up, man? Oh. It makes me cringe every such time. Such a nightmare to relive that. What was that two weeks ago? Ah, oh, here's what they're gonna do: mute the mics, mute the mics, yes. mute the mics. Yes, <laughs> I've been calling for this for a long time because <laughs> I've weeks. said all along this is not new technology. Turning off a microphone <sighs> has been easy. The television producers love the fight. They do. They love the interaction. Well, until it goes too far. And then they realized, oh, I can't tell what's going on. I can't understand what anyone is saying. So they did there. They've decided to to push that little button every so often. Uh, Deb, there was an interruption every minute. Once a minute for the whole 90 minutes of the last debate. And I said, mute the mics. Let's give them a chance to talk. Well, the campaigns, they both agreed to these new rules. We'll tell you how it's going to work. It's not perfect, but we'll dive into whether or not it's going to be effective. Uh, The new rules, no, they don't give the moderator, Kristen Welker, um, the right to mute the mics all the time. Let's get more on how it's going to work from ABC News. The Trump campaign says the president will attend Thursday night's debate despite a rule change that aims to avoid all those interruptions we saw in the first debate. This time, a candidate's microphone will be turned off whenever his opponent is providing the initial two-minute answer to the debate questions. But both mics will be turned on during the open discussions that follow each answer. So the candidates will have two minutes of uninterrupted time at the beginning of each 15-minute segment. After that, it's a free-for-all. The mics will be open for discussion. <laughs> oh. Well, well let's, let's clarify a little bit here. Uh, unless President Trump is in one room and, you know, Vice President Biden is in, in another room, you'll still hear the interruptions. The microphone's still going to pick up the muffled, what are you talking about? It's going to pick up. You're not going to totally understand it or hear it, but you're going to hear the interruptions. There's still going to be interruptions, but I still like this. A mute button. 
let them get their two minutes out and then open it up for the discussion. I like that. Jason Perry, director of the Hinckley Institute of Politics at the University of Utah. Good morning. Good morning. Glad to be with you both. Uh, I'm not 100% convinced that they can control themselves, These the two candidates, even with the mics muted. I'm afraid they're going to be pacing between the podiums. What's your take? Well, well, I think that's exactly right. But I first have to say congratulations to the two of you. I, mean, I knew you had influence, <laughs> but I'm, I'm giving you both credit for all of this. <laughs> Thank you. I'll take it. Thank you. <laughs> okay, good. You can do your victory lap, and we'll, we'll not mute you, mute you while you do it. I, I think you're right. This is just so, so interesting. And as, as I thought about your great idea and the fact they're implementing this thing, there are lots of ways to interrupt. So you might have a couple of minutes there where the microphone uh, goes off, and it'll almost be like, what we're used to now, a Zoom meeting where the video and audio goes in and out will be frustrating, you might not know. But I'm curious what happens with the cameras also when the mute is, is the mute goes on and the, the candidate is talking. Like, will there be wild or, you know, arm gestures out there or sounds coming throughout the, 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 from the, the, the podium itself? I think that's what's going to be interesting to watch to see if the mute really gets us back on track. That's a great point. I hadn't thought about that because they do that split screen where you see both candidates and President Trump is infamous for pulling faces during the explanations. I mean, you, you cannot go uh, online without seeing a gif of President Trump pulling one of those faces in the debates. Yeah, that, that's just going to be so interesting. He might not have his microphone on, but we might know exactly what he's going to say regardless. So that could be just an interesting component of this. Uh, I'll be curious to see if the split screen stays on, if that's what happens from either side. Jason Perry, the director of the Hinckley Institute of Politics at the University of Utah on the line live with us now. We're just getting word, Jason. I reported right off the top of uh, this segment a few minutes ago, 34 million Americans already casting their ballots, 136,000 uh, already uh, mailing in their ballots here in Utah. That tells me a huge swath of America has already made up their minds. So does this debate really sway anyone's opinion or does it sway it, the election? It, so I'm not sure it's going to, to sway the election. I think what you're saying is, is exactly right. So many people have already turned their ballots. And the reality in this race is there are just not a lot of people that haven't made up their minds about who their candidate is. There's a few people who are in that movable middle. But what these candidates need to do in this debate is, one, is make sure the people who support them do continue to turn in those ballots. That's the real, the real key thing. In a debate, you can have one of those moments where your base starts to fall apart in a little a little bit, where your friends start deciding, well, I didn't like that very much. I, I had the, the form ready to go. I just won't send that in. I think that's really what we're talking right now is how do we raise a lot of money off of our the results of this debate, and how do we make sure people turn in those ballots? Those are the two real big things from this debate on Thursday. The Trump campaign calls these rules unfair. Why would they consider the rules unfair or the mute button? Well, it is, I mean, it's, that's just our, they, they call it unfair, but they're totally willing to do it. I guess that's the thing. And what I think that does is it sorts of sets the stage and the narrative I think that the Trump camp wants to have in this is that the stack the, the, the stacked against them in some way that even the rules themselves are designed to keep him from being able to address the public. I, th I think the, the fact that they said, yes, I will obey the rules, but I don't like the rules really just kind of sets the stage for that next argument for them. And if things don't go well in that debate, I think they're going to talk about how everything was stacked against them. But still, 
they managed to do this kind of job. So I think that's why they're saying that. All right. Jason Perry, thank you so much for calling in, as always, and uh, weighing in on our discussion. You know, the debate topics were released. They've been chosen by the moderator. Uh, fighting the coronavirus pandemic, not a surprise there. Uh, the other topic is American families. Uh, another topic is race in America, climate change national security, and leadership. And Dave, I'm just reading here that the Trump campaign has been pushing back, saying that foreign policy should be the central focus of Thursday's debate. As campaign managers saying foreign policy is usually covered in the final debate. And we researched that, and that appears to be, we fact-checked that, and that appears to be true. Foreign policy is usually covered in the final debate. Which is one of the great frustrations of the candidates. They don't get to choose the topics that they want to talk about. And that's why I think uh, there's a real problem with the way the debates are built. If you can't talk about what you, the candidate, wants to talk about, then what are we doing? In 2018, the governor called Utah County the epicenter of dysfunction. Utah County's new clerk joins us next to tell us what she's done to make sure The voting doesn't become disastrous again this year. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.